Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast. Today we're discussing news of Finn Wolfhard stepping behind the camera, Madam Web snatches up some new star power, and PlayStation starts a loyalty program. Plus, Trailer Time features a woman king and a wife-like robot. All this and everything else that happened this week in Geek. Hello, I'm J-Law, but you can call me Justin, and if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geek-Centric, a podcast celebrating the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geek-Centric. Joining me for This Week in Geek, he's got beautiful thighs and a nimble tongue, it's Mr. Nate Shelton. How are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm trying to... <laughs> I'm trying to put the, the pieces together here, Justin, because normally when we do these intros, they relate to our stories in some way. Can you explain yourself? Nimble thighs? What's going on? <laughs> Beautiful thighs and nimble tongues. It'll probably come up later when we talk about uh, uh, whatcha, so I'll let, I'll let you know then why okay. All right. that is, that is a thing. stay until the end of the show to find out why Justin is complimenting my thighs. <laughs> and his tongue. Um, how are you, man? How are you? How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm, uh, you know, I think, uh, the, the, the summer is upon us. We're, we're full fledged Mm -hmm. into it. And I finally got a chance to, uh, to hang out with some work friends for the first time at my, you know, cause we got here, it was like October ish, November ish weather wasn't great. Uh, and now that the weather's great, I'm actually getting to go out and hang out with people. So I'll be talking about that in my watcha and, uh. Yeah, just having a good old time. Good man, good, awesome. Well, before we get into the news, uh, I thought I would uh, we could just quickly chat about a new Lego set that's that's dropping. Um, I I know Kevin's not with us today, but he'd be freaking out about the Office Lego set coming to shelves this yeah. fall. Um, the building brick company has approved a playset inspired by the beloved comedy series through their Lego Ideas portal last year and now it's becoming a reality not only does the lego set perfectly recreate dunder mifflin's bullpen but it also includes michael's office and frequently visited conference room but perhaps the best part is the huge ensemble of minifigures all of your favorite employees 15 to be exact but it does not include uh, characters like uh, andy and aaron yeah it's the original cast but Nonetheless, I think that uh, this is really cool. It had a lot of fans. Uh, my Twitter was definitely blowing up in regards to this. Uh, Nate, are you going to be picking this up? Dude, I've already got it pre-ordered, my guy. I've already got it pre-ordered. <laughs> I pre-ordered it like the second I saw it. Um, super stoked to have it. I love this is part of the Lego Ideas line, and uh, they've already done this with the Friends uh, sets. Mm-hmm. They've done it with uh, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Uh, I've got I've got those as well. Um, but one thing that they, they did do for the friend set um, that uh, I'm hoping they do for this is they released the other apartment. Uh, and so I'm wondering if if maybe we'll get to see maybe another one of the office spaces. Maybe that's where we get, you know, Andy or, or maybe another situation where we can get 
Aaron. So I could I could totally see them going off of this even further and and giving us some of those additional characters. But dude, the minifig count for it's like what is it? Fifteen? You said fifteen minifigs? Yeah, it's fifteen. It's fifteen. Absolutely minifigs, insane. I'm so stoked for this. I'm stoked for the the accessories too. Of course, we got the uh, the world's best boss mug, um, and then we've got uh, the chili. Is probably my favorite. Yeah, my favorite, the photos my are favorite great. thing with Kevin just slipping in the chili, um, dude. I am so stoked for this. The the stapler and the Jello, um, just all these really unique ways that they're using, you know, our our leg our traditional Lego pieces to kind of build out this uh, this office world. And dude, I am I am more than hyped for this. I'm so excited. Well, I think if anything, it, it shows the attention to detail that Lego has with loving callbacks to to things that have happened in, in the show. Well, one of the things that I, I think the details that I really love, and they, they actually did this with the Seinfeld set as well. With the Seinfeld set, you get his apartment, but you also do get his stage, which obviously at the beginning uh, of every Seinfeld episode, we see him on, on stage uh, and how it relates to the episode itself. And so, you know, with the same sort of theming, the same sort of idea of how they do cutaways to different parts of the office while they interview, um, you know, the the various employees. Uh, Michael's office is actually a separate piece, so you can slide it in or out of the remaining office. And I love that idea because I think, especially for folks who are a fan of the office, maybe they work in an office. And so how wonderful could it be for them to bring just, you know, leave the whole office at home, but bring Michael's office with them to the office uh, and put it on their desk, I think is a, a really awesome thing. And, and again, it just shows how much Lego is paying attention to all audiences. They're not just focused on kids. And they've been doing these, this idea series for quite some time. And it's just been phenomenal. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it, man. Um, yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I feel like the, the other thing too is, is that it, again, it's just, it's great that Lego with this, this Lego's idea program is really proactively turning them into actual sets that fans can buy that mean a lot. And I think, again, it must mean Lego is just racking in the dough right now. Like they just, they will not stop. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an exciting time to be a Lego fan. Let me tell you that much. Dude, it's shipping in October. Honestly, I, I cannot wait. This this honestly uh, is probably some of the best news for, for Office fans. Mm, yes, it is. And speaking of news, I think it's that time to get in to the news. It's all about the details. All right. Our first news story, Stranger Things, Finn Wolfhard, co-writing and co-directing Hell of a Summer. This comes from James White over at Empire. Finn Wolfhard is primarily known uh, for his work in front of the camera, especially in Stranger Things and on the big screen in, in Ghostbusters Afterlife. But Finn Wolfhard is adding writer-director to his resume. He'll co-write and co-direct the horror comedy Hell of a Summer with fellow actor-turned-filmmaker Billy Bright. Wolfhard will also act in the movie alongside Bright and... Pam and Tommy's Fred Heitchinger. Uh, though the story details are being kept quiet for now, uh, 
we are going to imagine that it has something to do with horror events and something in the summer uh, based on on its title. Uh, in a statement, Wolfhard says, I'm so excited to be co-directing my first feature film. I get the chance to work with an incredible cast and crew and to work with a company like 30 West and Aggregate is a real dream. The actor has experience behind the camera working on a short film entitled Night Shifts, which won an award uh, at the Fantasia Film Festival. He'll next be heard rather than seen in Guillermo del Toro's uh, adaptation of Pinocchio. Okay, so Nate, you know, we've coming off the, the heels of Stranger Things Volume 1 and Volume 2, and we got Finn Wolfhard taking a step back. It looks like he wants to get behind the camera. What do you think? I think... It's it's weird to call him a kid even now I think and that's that's a that's the strange part but I, I think it's no pun intended um, I think though it's it's one of those things where he's he's so young um, but yeah to to expand and to have the opportunity to expand into the industry like this at such a young age I'm all mm -hmm. for it dude that sounds super cool I think the from the literally just from the title obviously we don't have too much of a description hell of a summer. It sounds like it's right up his alley in terms of his his previous work on Stranger Things and 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 you know kind of that subject matter. But I just I, I it it is crazy to me because like I, I recently read um an article uh, I think it was an old article it was just Gatton Matarazzo just kind of having a little bit of uh, fear about the fourth season of Stranger Things and how much they've all grown up uh, and though even though in the in the actual story they haven't really grown up that much and how even by the next season they'll be even you know older uh playing the same aged kids um and he was just kind of worried that that it was gonna rub fans the wrong way with the way they looked and obviously it didn't and it won't um but it's just nuts to me to think that this little kid from stranger things is going to be writing and directing uh, a major motion picture is just unreal it's unreal um but yeah man all power to him i think this is exciting i think it's uh I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I, I can't wait to see what comes of it, um, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I think I, I can echo the sentiments of of being, you know, interested to see what Wolfhard can do behind the camera. Um, he's he's expressed a passion to want to direct and, and write in, in interviews and, and, and whatnot. And, and but I also mm -hmm. think it's really interesting, given the fact that, you know, someone like uh, Millie Bobby Brown, who's carved out such an extensive career outside of Stranger Things, from yeah. a makeup line to being executive producer on projects to, mm -hmm. you know, even on Stranger Things 4, working with the younger version of Eleven, like directing her. I think there's a lot of uh, influences in and around Finn Wolfhard that make this make sense for yeah. his trajectory and his career. And I think it's it is it is one of those things where not to say that he is is getting typecasted, but he kind of is mm. to a certain degree. I think there's a lot of parallels between his character uh, from Stranger Things uh, into something like Ghostbusters Afterlife into right. something that like it. There's obviously varying differences between each of those characters. Even for him, he'd probably very easily argue, yes, each of those characters are different. But I think from audiences and, and everyone that doesn't necessarily see all those nuanced differences. They're just going to see Finn Wolfhard as, as being kind of like a constant. So it's great that he's wanting to change the perception of himself so that he doesn't just get seen as these typecasted kid characters. This is a good thing for him. He has such a passion. He's talked about it lovingly that he wants to take on 
uh, a directing and, and writing responsibility in a movie and to do this as a co-directing i think that's also really safe too like that that ensures that there's there's a give and take relationship to it it's not all on his shoulders to yep. do everything he is very much sharing that with his filmmaking partner billy Brake. right so i think yep. that all sounds like there's a good formula here for a good a good project but you have to wonder too like it, you know, we we talk about the idea of him uh, seeming typecast to us. Um, maybe he loved. Maybe that's maybe that's his thing. He loves these types of roles. Maybe you know, if he's going to be writing a, a movie called Hell of a Summer, and it's like him and a couple other younger uh, adults, let's say, um, going through some sort of demonic summer, you know, experience. I'm going to assume. I'm just going to assume there's 80s music involved or something like that. Like, right, exactly. I kind of feel. I kind of feel like maybe you know this is what he knows. This is what he digs. This is what he loves. Uh, maybe that's kind of where we're going to see him. Uh, but obviously, we don't know anything past the title, so uh, I could be completely wrong. And he's going to get a ton of, like, this is just a very, very scratch in the surface of the beginning for him. He's he's going on to bigger and 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 better things beyond this. So. Um, you know, we'll definitely see him and I, I'm excited to see because I think like, you know, I look at someone like Daniel Radcliffe, right? And um, I think of a movie like Imperium, which is, if you've not seen Imperium, is one of the most incredible performances from Daniel Radcliffe, uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in my opinion. And so to see him, you know, kind of shine there or at, he's in the upcoming um, um, Weird Al uh, project. Uh, as right. Weird Al, again, like we're kind of seeing him. We're seeing the evolution, of, yeah. Right, we're seeing the evolution, it, yeah. and we'll we'll very much yeah. see, I think, uh, as as Finn uh, starts taking on newer exactly. roles and maybe starts writing exactly. newer roles for him. We'll definitely start seeing that. So I I totally get it. I I, I totally agree. I think, yeah, a hundred percent, Finn taking on directing and writing of a, of a movie, it's going to help him in the trajectory of defining himself differently. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. All right. Well, let's get into our next news story here. Uh, Adam Scott joins Dakota Johnson in Sony's Madam Web. This comes mm. from Etin Blessing from uh, The Hollywood Reporter. Adam Scott uh, has jumped on board at Madam Web, the Sony spinoff centered on the Spider-Man character. S.J. Clarkson is set to direct the feature, which has Dakota Johnson in the lead role and Emma Roberts and Sidney Sweeney already casted in supporting roles. Scott recently starred in Dan Erickson's absurdist sci-fi dramedy, Severance, uh, for Apple TV+, Plus, which, Nate, I know you're a huge, Dude. huge fan of. I haven't finished so it yet, so... So we will reserve any conversation in and around that. (laughs) That being said, he was starring alongside John Turturro, Patricia Arquette, and Christopher Walken in in that series. So there's some serious star power all around. Uh, Madam Web is one of of a number of projects in development at the studio uh, as Sony builds out its own universe of Marvel characters. Sony, which controls the film rights to Spider-Man and other related characters, has already released Venom, uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and most recently Jared Leto's Morbius this past Oof. April. The studio is 100% still riding high following the release of Spider-Man No Way Home, which grossed $1.9 billion globally, the highest in Sony history. And as we know, Sony is currently has Craven the Hunter in production with star Aaron Taylor Johnson. So I, I would love to know 
Mm. What is your take on this whole Madam Web project? We got a lot of Spider-Man content coming and more that's rumored to be coming. But mm -hmm. with this Madam Web, are you excited to see Madam Web? And with the addition of Adam Scott, who do you think he might be playing in, in the movie? Well, Justin, uh, I'm sorry to tell you, my spidey senses are, are tingling here. Uh, literally 20 minutes ago as of this recording, uh, Madam Web has now been pushed uh, in release date. Uh, moved back by, I believe it's showing here, three months. Uh, now yes. coming out October 2023. Yeah. 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 Um, and then Insidious 5 is going to take over that spot. So, you know, obviously uh, priorities. Obviously Insidious is way better than anything Spider-Man related. So obviously <laughs> that's what Sony wants to do. I don't know. Um, dude, I, here's the thing. I'm not, I'm not too familiar with Madam Web in general. Um, I know that from what I've read that she's kind of like, I don't know, like she's like the, she's at the center <laughs> of, of all the Spider-Men, uh, across the multiverse. Um, and so obviously she's pretty important. I think the, the part that confuses me in terms of my excitement is, am I, am I sitting here waiting for a Venom or a Venom, let there be carnage or a Morbius, or am I sitting here waiting for a, you know, a no way home? Right. And, and, and I don't, yeah. that's that's the part that I'm just I'm, I'm really huh. I'm leaning more towards the Torn, former, yeah. unfortunately. And, yeah. and that does not get me excited. And as great as Dakota Johnson is, I love Dakota Johnson as great as Adam Scott is. I just I don't know if I care enough based off of the track record of the people making it. And, and that sucks. Like I, I should be excited for a new Spider-Man anything. Um, and I'm just not if it's not going to be, you know, Kevin Feige and 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 my my beloved Marvel MCU crew. So I don't know. Um, as far as who Adam Scott could play, um, I don't know, dude. I don't have any. I don't have any ideas at all. I, he'll be a, <laughs> okay. He's gonna be a okay. He's gonna be a nurse. I think he's gonna be a okay. nurse, a male nurse mm -hmm. uh, that is in charge at the hospital <laughs> that, that yeah. Madam Web ends up. At. Do you think he? Do you think he'll be a bad guy or a good guy? Um, you know what? He's he's been great in both roles. I think he really could sure. nail it in both. I mean, uh, Severance uh, shows him as as more of a heroic character, and um, but then at the same time, loot on Apple TV Plus, which is also fantastic. He's back to playing a, a big dickhead in that in that in that show. Um, so I I could see him on either side. I do know that if he does, if he is a villain, I guarantee he's going to get yoked. He's going to take his shirt off and he's going to do a rich man, you know, dance because that's what <laughs> that's what we keep getting with all these movies is the the supervillain, you know, dancing around. And I'm just calling out Morbius and a few other movies. Um, no, I, I honestly don't know. dude. Do you have any ideas? OK, oh, cool. well, first, yeah, Madam Webb's character is, is a little confusing for a lot of people. But uh, even in The Hollywood Reporter, they describe it. Uh, Madam Webb is a clairvoyant mutant who specializes in predicting the future of spider themed superheroes, having uh, mentored not only Peter Parker's alter ego, but also multiple generations of heroes calling themselves spider women and spider men. Okay. Uh, traditionally depicted as a blind, paralyzed old woman, which seems very offensive for whatever reason to describe her. She is surrounded mm -hmm. by a web-like machine necessary to keep her alive, 
meaning that she stays away from direct conflict and rather sends others on on mission. So I just think that in in conjunction with the casting that we already know, so Dakota Johnson is going to be playing Madam Web. We also know uh, Emma Roberts and Sydney Sweeney are going to both be in this movie as well. One of them has to be Gwen Stacy or has to be a variation of and and I think Sydney Sweeney definitely would be would be that. Could work. She yeah. be the would be perfect for it. That could be a long shot, but I thought it would be cool though if, you know, now that Spider-Man No Way Home established like a multiverse of different Spider-Man, what if Adam Scott was, was a Spider-Man, a Spider-Man yeah. right? And from from another from another universe that a Peter Parker that they have to interact with. Not the central character, of course, but right. someone that is cameoed as the Peter Parker of of another universe. I think yeah, he could be he could that be like lends Peter, itself. Peter S. Parker. Yeah. You know, they got Peter <laughs> B. Parker. He could be Peter S. Parker for Scott for sure. as like an in joke. For sure. Yeah, and 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 this also really comes off of off of what was established in into the Spider Verse. Yeah, versus what we got from No Way Home. I think No Way Home just kicked it into you know high gear for for the MCU and to allow you know Sony to kind of shit on their own stuff <laughs> and do whatever they want. Sorry, but I just you know again I, I I agree with you. I love the character of Madam Web. I love what she means, and I think it's such a smart way. To continue with what No Way Home did so well, which is opening the multiverse. I wish Marvel was involved in this project to help really see it. Because it's clear based on that end credit scene from Morbius that Sony doesn't have a grasp on on what they're doing. Um, and in, in all honesty, Dude, just doesn't even make any sense. It's just Vulture literally says... Something happened with Spider-Man, and that's why I'm here. Like that's his line, and like, and this is this is where it just gets so worrisome for the this group of characters that are so wonderful, so beloved by so many people who have fallen in love with the Spider-Verse that's already been established, who do love Madam Web. Um, I just it just sucks. Like it just sucks, and it's like unless if it was an if it was an animated project, if it was a spinoff from the people that brought you into the Spider-Verse, dude. All for it. I'm all there. I would be I'm all more in. for that. I actually, yeah, I would. Right? I would be down. I thought. I think that's even more. Honestly, doing that would be a lot better because that has the continuity of Into the Spider Verse. Right now, you're, you're, as you mentioned when you were talking about it, it's just inconsistent. Right now, you don't know what to anticipate. Are you gonna get? you know, uh, a Venom or Let There Be Carnage or or a Morbius-style movie, or are you going to get a No Way Home? There's a chance that they could give you that. It just, it's it, it's clear, though, that Marvel needs to be behind it if, if it's going to move, if it's in any way going to feel that way. So, um, yeah, it makes me a little nervous, but I love dakota johnson so I'm, I'm excited to see her i think she'll be a young madam web if anything I, I don't i don't see them aging up dakota johnson and and i think it's i think this is more of an origin story maybe for, for the madam <laughs> web character um as she's no. the, the the main because i don't i don't think they're gonna like from what i'm seeing of images online of madam web i don't think they're gonna go there uh, right away, or maybe they will, and maybe Venom will be there, and Morbius will be there, and then they introduce Craven, and then that wrestler guy is going to be there, and it's just going to be terrible, and I don't, I don't really care. Um, so I'm just sad, <laughs> and I want, I want Kevin Feige just to swoop in and say, "Hey, everyone, don't worry about it. We got it. We're going to take it from here, and just take over and just make a great movie." <laughs> yeah, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think Sony wants to let that go, but that's another conversation. So. 
Um, all right, let's get into our next news story. Sony announces PlayStation Stars, a loyalty program for gamers. This comes from Shannon Liao of the Washington Post, who writes, Sony is adding a free rewards and loyalty program for gamers called PlayStation Stars. The program will launch later this year, and I put air quotes out there. Uh, the company said, though specific details about a release timeline remain under wraps. Players can use PlayStation Stars to earn rewards through completing tasks called campaigns, such as spending time on a particular title or working towards in-game achievement. All players will earn loyalty points that can be redeemed for PlayStation Network wallet funds and thus traded in for items worth real money. Gamers who are also subscribed to Sony PlayStation Plus online services will earn additional points to spend in the PlayStation Store, a perk that non-subscribers will miss out on. Players can redeem points for standalone games, add-ons, content, and specially themed collectibles in the reward catalogs. Sony plans to add new rewards, campaigns, and collectibles over time. While Sony was obviously vague on details about this program, uh, it said there will be a monthly check-in campaign that rewards users for playing at least one game, as well as other campaigns for winning tournaments and earning specific trophies. Other campaigns might ask players to play a certain game online, though. As part of the PlayStation Stars, the first player to reach Platinum, completing all in-game achievements in a blockbuster title, in a local time zone will also receive a reward precluding others from winning it. Chen said that the company would work to minimize fraudulent activities in the event that people cheat or buy and sell accounts with certain rewards attached. Another kind of reward Sony is offering is digital collectibles, which are 3D rendered representations of things like uh, figurines of the video game, characters, and past Sony devices. They aren't non-fungible tokens, despite also being digital and collectible. In the interview, Grace Chen, Vice President of Network Advertising, Loyalty, and Licensed Merchandise, said, It's definitely not an NFT. Definitely not. You can trade them or sell them. It is not leveraging any blockchain technology and definitely not NFT. So thank <laughs> God that they're Very not specific. NFTs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, because I, I don't think NFTs are fully are fully realized yet. There's I think also it is a an lot of there's a lot of uh, negative stigma around NFTs as there should be. I, you know, they're not. Um, you know, I, I definitely don't uh, fully agree. With that, uh, with with doing that, if you want to do that on your own time, that's cool. But don't bring it into my video games. Um, I think uh, this is exciting. I don't so much care about the 3D model things as much as I do about the. Um, really? They were talking about you could trade it in for for licensed merch, um, which I'm a huge fan of. Nintendo has a program very similar to this, uh, where you can go on to you know um, using your Nintendo rewards points and you can have them mail you like actual like exclusive merchandise uh that you wouldn't even be able to buy at their nintendo stores uh which i thought was really cool just like, oh, like that's the other cool. i think the last one i got was um pokemon snap it was like a little like little carrying case ziploc carrying case for for all your pokemon pictures or whatever you want to put in there uh little pencil cases and things like that and and again these are really fun i think i got um a pin set that was like literally the different coins 
of the rewards uh, that you can get. And I got that exclusive pin set. So there's a lot of really fun stuff that they could do, I think, with the PlayStation branding. And I, I'm I'm all for it, dude. This sounds really fun. Yeah, it sounds it sounds interesting. I just you know, I, I, I just signed up for their new tier. And the I think PlayStation I Plus? The, PlayStation Plus Extra? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did the top. So yeah. if you're doing PlayStation I feel like it's very much the same thing if you're doing Xbox. You're going to subscribe to the services to help give you the fullest experience of what they're envisioning about how the system and the online cloud and all of this just kind of coexists to experience, for the experience. And I think PlayStation does have some some interesting perks. I was actually reading through it. So it's, it's cool. It's cool what they're doing. This, this does add another layer. So basically, I could earn points from just playing specific high tier games. And if I make certain sort of achievements, I'm just gifted these like X amount of, of dollars that can then go towards something or you collect program, over right? time, right? Yeah. yeah. You collect it over time. Yeah. People are collecting trophies. People are collecting platinum trophies already. Uh, and, and they're doing that of uh, just for the fun and for the challenge. Uh, so to get, to get a kickback from it, why not? If it's part of the service, um, I'm, I've, I guess I'm all for it. I think it might even encourage me to try to explore some of these campaigns as they're calling them, uh, a little bit more. And again, it's just another layer of challenge. And I do find it really interesting. The aspect of like, if you're like, to, you can earn a specific reward if you're the first one to get the platinum trophy within right. like your region or something like that, I think is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's yeah. going to be those people that are like, oh yeah, I've gotten, the past six of those in my entire no, country but, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but you're right, though. They could they could literally go and then say, you know, okay, yes, platinum, this is how many points you get. But here's all these extra things that happen within this game, and, you know, you get to go through them, and you can kind of sort them based on how many points you get and mm -hmm. certain things that are going to give you more points. And it's like, whoa, like if I complete this, I'm going to get X amount of points. Like that's that's dope. I should I should definitely try to do it, right? And, yeah. you know, to see to see that there's a, a, a reward, like you said, a kickback from you doing that achievement that is actually tangible, that's going somewhere, you know, that, that in itself feels like it's just adding value to taking the time to do it. Right. Cause you're, mm -hmm. you're getting something out of it to a certain degree. So, and I think this also, it's interesting it, it, that, you know, she mentioned, um, uh, blockbuster video games and being, you know, kind of yeah. incentivizing people to play certain, of the latest releases, people are going to play God of War. People are going to play the new Horizons. Yeah, people course. are going to play the new whatevers. I think where this really could shine would be for indie games. I think indie mm. games and indie, indie developers, for them to maybe even have some sort of uh, release plan for them to kind of say like, hey, listen, if you if you invest a certain amount of time in our indie game after you've purchased it, you're going to earn enough points that by the time we develop the next ver the next one, you'll be able to just use those points if you have them towards that or, or something along those lines, right? And Because I think what a lot of um, developers are finding is that people are buying these games, they're buying all these games, but they're not really putting any time into them. And if they don't put time into them, they're not going to talk about them. They're not going to tell them to, you know, about them to their friends. So I think... I think this is a really great incentive just to keep people playing um, because yeah. they could keep releasing more of these incentives mm. even after you've completed the first run as part of DLC or just as part of like, sure. hey, this week only, if you do this in the game, you can get this kickback. So I'm uh, I'm really stoked for this. I think it's a really, really great idea. Uh, and again, it's something that Xbox has done in the past with, with earning rewards and uh, Nintendo has done. So it only makes sense that Sony's going to integrate it as part of this push for 
for PlayStation Plus Extra. Um, yeah, man, really, really, really looking forward to this. Yeah. yeah, well, I knew you would be able to enlighten me a little bit more about what to anticipate. Uh, so I'm glad that we include that included that news story. But on to our last news story, and this one definitely put a smile on my face. Yeah, man. Uh, Lilo and Stitch live action remake to be directed by Marcel the Shell with shoes on filmmaker. This comes from Boris Kitt over at The Hollywood Reporter. Dean Fleischer Camp, the filmmaker behind indie darling Marcel the Shell with shoes on, is going to Disney. The filmmaker will direct a live-action take on Lilo and Stitch, uh, the 2002 animated movie from Walt Disney uh, feature animation, which recently celebrated its 20th anniversary. Uh, this 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 past year so fantastic uh, the script is already being written by Chris Kikani Okalani Bright the move gets the project which will be a part of uh, the tentpole feature for Disney plus so I think this will be a straight to Disney plus while not a massive success by modern box office standards the well well-regarded movie was a bright spot in a down period of Disney animation history and launched several direct-to-video sequels as well as a television series. Lilo and Stitch is intended to be a live-action CG hybrid, a form that Fleischer Camp has a proven facility with. Marcel is a heartwarming tale centered on an adventure into the human world. The movie is one of the most acclaimed of the year. It has a 99% score on Rotten Tomatoes, and A24 is using uh, a platform release to build word of mouth. It has one of the highest pre-screen averages and has made almost a million domestically on only 48 screens. So wow. the movie is killing it right now. I have not seen this movie yet. I know y you have, and I'm sure it's we'll going to come up in it. conversation later. Yeah. But uh, I am absolutely excited about this. I'm not un unfamiliar with who you know Marcel the Shell is. Um, you know, the internet sensation that was, you know, so many years ago, uh, that captured the hearts of so many. He, it, it's great to see that, you know, that filmmaker who has such an endearing approach to the story that he wants to tell is going to be bringing Lilo and Stitch, uh, to life, to life. Cause Nate, as you know, it's, it's mine and my wife's favorite, my wife for first and foremost, and by extension, yeah. I have yeah. now come to appreciate that movie quite a bit, so I'm very excited to see this and to see how they're they're going to blend this this uh, aesthetic of CG live action. We've seen it before, but it, it just it really does intrigue me. It's in Hawaiian culture. There's just there's going to be a vibrancy to it that needs to be there, but not too gritty and 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 almost too real world that like Marcel is. Like Marcel has a lot of real world, but there is a Bit, like I haven't seen again. I haven't seen the movie, so I imagine there might be some fantastical element elements to to the movie. But even when I think of the short films, it, it was very real world rather mm -hmm. than super super vibrant. So there'll be a really nice blend of both, I think. And yeah, Dean Fleischer Camp. I can't wait to see what he's going to do with it. I'm really excited. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll be talking about that uh, that movie maybe a little bit later um, with Marcel, but. Uh, to see that, uh, yeah, bright uh, Hawaiian-born, uh, you know, filmmaker and writer, I'm I'm excited to see that he's penning the script uh, and and writing on it. Um, I think obviously that's that's perfect. And yeah, to bring Dean Fleischer Camp onto it, it's just the the movie itself, <coughs> the original is with Lilo and Stitch is so um, it's so important to make sure you're capturing that level of of heart and heartfelt moments. And I just I. I get teary-eyed whenever I think of poor little Stitch walking in the rain, 
uh, for thinking sure. that he's the you know the ugly duckling. Um, but I'm 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 really interested to see how they sort of uh, do this. I, I think Disney. Um, it'll be interesting to see a lot of their previous um, you know work in terms of the <laughs> live action slash um, you know uh, you know hybrid CGI hasn't really been that great i agree with you to a certain degree we did just get uh chippendale rescue rangers which okay was, so if it's okay you're right it, which okay. was fire right yeah. so like so like if if we're getting into the sense of and, and that's very much trusting akifa schaefer and, and and the the lonely island boys just to, right to 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 actually tell that story the way it needs to be told and if that approach is finds its way here with uh lilo and stitch allowing Dean Fleischer camp to tell his story and how he wants to tell it. And again, I, I, you know, the article calls out that there was several straight to straight to um, uh, VHS sequels and and other stories. And it would be interesting if instead of cramming so much of Stitch's background in this and really just focusing on Stitch, trying to get become realize the the key element Ohana is family. Um, And then we get like, more stories to be told about his where his characters come from and that adaptation of of you know the aliens and stuff like that they'll obviously be introduced here but maybe they don't need to be what i think is maybe keeping it really grounded in a real story could be effective and maybe hopefully that's that's part of the the pizzao of why dean fleischer camp is stepping in to kind of give it the the sensibility of feeling very um endearing while also very real hmm Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I tweeted out and it's not really a, a spoiler or anything for, for Marcel, but any, you know, as far as that movie is concerned, it deal, does deal with loss. So I'd be interested to see if maybe to your point, do we need do we need another <coughs> origin story uh, for Stitch? Do we need to see how him and Lilo uh, met in live action when we've already gotten it in the cartoon? You're right. Maybe they do go maybe a slightly different direction with it. And we do get to see, I, I think it would be really interesting if they did it documentary style, you know, kind of carrying off of uh, Fleischer camp's strength with, uh, with Marcel. Like, do we get maybe more of a standpoint of like, we get to see a day in the life of, of Lilo as oh, she's it's living years with later. Her. Yeah. It's right. Years later. Oh, that's maybe interesting. She's a little bit aged up. I don't know. I think <laughs> it would be really interesting to see if this is maybe even like a sequel uh, to Lilo and stitch rather than, or a pseudo sequel reboot sort of thing as they like to do with these movies. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited. My, the only thing, um, cause I'm, I'm happy that they're, they're making, I didn't even know they were going to make one of these. Um, the only thing you have to get stitches look right. You have to get stitches. Don't give me ugly Sonic teeth on stitch. I know he's got not the greatest. No, teeth they'll to they'll begin do with, it. But... They'll do it right. They'll do it. Yeah. right. They'll do it right. For sure. I think, I think, I think they will. I, I don't. I don't think anyone has ever seen something from Disney or any of the studio that Disney has done that's been like as as violently offensive as <laughs> as the first iteration of Sonic. I just yeah. think I don't know. Like that was that was crazy. That fan reaction, and then he found his way into Chip into a Disney movie. Right? So yeah, yeah, exactly. So the irony of the whole situation. Yeah. All right. Well, yes, we're very much looking forward to seeing live action Lilo and Stitch. But until then, I think we should call up Kevin and get that banjo ready because it's trailer time. All right. Our first trailer is for the patient, 
which is a series that will be streaming on Disney Plus or FX, if, if you have FX in, in the States, uh, as of Tuesday, August 30th. Uh, this stars Steve Carell and Domhnall Gleeson. Uh, it tells the story of a, a psychotherapist who recently lost his wife, finds himself held prisoner by a serial killer with an unusual request to curb his homicidal urges. It was interesting to see Steve Carell because, you know, we, we talked about The Office uh, off, off the top here yeah. uh, as a Lego set <laughs> and to think about The Office and what he's done. Um, I like the weird stuff that he's done outside of The Office. Like, I, mm -hmm. I like these these dark sort of character portrayals that he does. How about yourself? Are you a fan of that that style of, of Steve Carell's acting? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's, he's also executive producing uh, this show, and I think... I think that's going to allow him to really, you know, dig into this character. I think his dramatic acting, acting chops on the morning show um, are phenomenal. So to get it to, to see him continue this here. And I love it whenever we get comedians that because that's the biggest thing that a lot of people sort of don't uh, expect. They think comedians can just make people laugh. But comedians oftentimes have to go to a really dark place to be able to to get to those places where they can make people laugh. So I, I'm, I'm, you know, I think it's going to be fantastic to see him in this. I love FX. Like, what we do in the shadows, Legion, Fargo, Atlanta, Dave. Um, I'm just, it, you know, Steve Carell as a therapist who needs therapy himself, slowly getting trapped by one of his patients is something I would only trust to, like, HBO or Apple TV Plus, or in this case, FX. And they're always showing up with, like, these surprising little... Mm -hmm. shows that I'm like I didn't nobody anticipated but I've always really enjoyed them and I don't know man it sounds it sounds good it sounds based off the description that we're going to get like some flashback action between Steve's character uh Alan uh and the memories of his old therapist uh so I'm always down for a, for a good flashback or a, a force ghost or whatever it <laughs> whatever it turns out to be <laughs> um cuz he, he I think at one point he's like I have to go to the master or something like that um and so he's going to be talking to, to his old therapist, but yeah, dude, Domhnall Gleeson showing up in an, an antagonist role, uh, obviously his best antagonist role from uh, Star Wars, uh, The Force Awakens, uh, <laughs> and those films. Um, no, I think, honestly, it, it, this, could be, this could be really good. They're giving us 10 episodes. That's a good number. If they were giving us six, I'd be a little worried, but they're giving us 10 um, yeah, man, I'm excited for this one. I think this is going to be a little, a little hidden gem. Yeah, I totally agree. I think FX, uh, they know how to trust each of the series to be their own based on the filmmaking style, but that's what brings them together and makes them very FX is, is sometimes their ab absurdity and bizarreness of, of how different they are. Yeah. Um, but also their ability to tell really personal, meaningful stories, Right, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, as well, too. Um, Reservation Dogs is FX. If I'm not yes, mistaken, yes, it is. Is it? Yep. Is it not? Yeah. Right. So, again, another example of a great series and and great uh, style of storytelling. Um, I guess my only concern with this series specifically, Domhnall Gleeson. I don't know if I can. If, if I, you if could I'm see really him sold. in this role, yeah, I I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm not really. I'm not really sold. So I think that's the only thing. I I definitely am. I'm interested in checking it out. For for Domhnall Gleeson, I mean, his his acting chops have have been phenomenal. I think back to the episode of Black Mirror that I've seen him in, uh, that I really really enjoyed him in, in in that. And I just feel like I don't know when they when they cut in the trailer to kind of you see going up the chain and then and then it leads up to him. 
and he's just sitting there with his like blank stare face. I was like, that's Domhnall Gleeson. Like, I didn't realize it all the way up to that point. I think it even showed in the trailer, like, Domhnall Gleeson. But I'm like, that's not the bad guy that we're looking at right now. And then we get to him, and, you know, like like you were saying, like, I wasn't expecting Domhnall Gleeson to be this antagonist, but I'm I'm intrigued, man. I, I think it could be one of those moments where you're kind of like, I don't see him as a bad guy. And then we get to it, and you're like, oh, no, I was, he's a bad guy. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of wish it was Andrew Garfield, in my opinion. But really, that's, that's just yeah, as a villain. Yeah, yeah we haven't seen that. I don't think we've really seen that. And I either, also right? just to play off of someone like Steve Carell. I think. I think mm. what's going to be really interesting is these these intimate conversations that the the two characters are going to have. So yeah, I loved Andrew Garfield in Under the Banners of Heaven. I'd love to have seen him in this mm. series as as uh, being a villain, and I think that that would have that would have been really really interesting. But interesting. that being said, Donald Gleeson, uh, I'll I'll give him a shot. I'll definitely. See if I can if I can take to it, but yeah, that comes out uh, August thirtieth. Uh, um, so a lot of content coming out, and uh, we also got some okay movies. <laughs> Our next one is uh, Secret Headquarters. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so this is uh, directed by Henry Juist and Ariel Shulman, starring Owen Wilson, Michael Pena, Walker Scobell, Jesse Williams, Levy Tran, Momana Tamata, Jesse Mueller, and Keith L. Williams. Uh, the synopsis goes, while hanging out after school, Charlie and his friends discover the headquarters of the world's most powerful superhero, played by Owen Wilson, hidden beneath his home. When villains attack, they must team up to defend the headquarters and save the world. It'll be streaming on Paramount Plus uh, August 12th. And thank God it's streaming because I don't know how many people are going to go to the theater to see this. Um, I was I like I like. Walker Scobell, I like Owen Wilson. Yeah. This just feels like a uh, almost Spy Kids level yeah. <laughs> absurdity yeah. bullshit. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if I necessarily need it. Um, it's a kids movie. Let's said. preface that. It's a it's kids, a kids movie. movie. Yeah. So we're <laughs> yeah. we're 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 two grown ass <laughs> men talking about this movie seriously. Um, my whole thought with this movie, like the first thing I noticed is just like these two sounds. Wow, uh, that was my <laughs> that's my anticipation for this this movie. Um, I will say Walker Scoble looks more like Owen Wilson's son than he does uh, Ryan Reynolds' <laughs> right. son. I totally um, agree with that. So especially I totally with the haircuts, with they definitely yeah. did those haircuts on purpose. Um, yeah, for these, sure. These kids, you know, are too young to be throwing ragers. I don't know what that kid's talking about. In the trailer, this kid's like, we're going to throw a rager. And I'm like, am I no longer, like, how old am I now that I no longer know when kids start to have wild parties? They should not be having wild parties at this age. Um, but I just think if Walker Scoble wasn't already cast in Percy Jackson, I'd say he's just destined to act in these movies that are made up of better movies. Like, The Adam Project was the sci-fi tribute, and then here we're getting, like, Goonies meets MCU mashup, right? Superhero stuff. Uh, It's just, like, even for an original uh, concept, because I'm pretty sure I read somewhere where someone's like, it's not based on anything, it's an original concept. And I'm like, no, it looks pretty unoriginal to me. Like, Owen Wilson is just Iron Man. The MacGuffin that he's holding in the trailer... Where he's like, we have to we have to protect this like orb or something. It literally looks like the orb that held the power stone in Guardians of the Galaxy, like to a T. 
And it, it doesn't yeah. help that in that moment in the trailer where he's holding this orb, he literally says the word guardian. Uh, so I'm just like, this trailer's not not helping me to separate myself from, from yeah. everything I've seen before. Um, so I don't know, man. And it's even copying the flaws of the MCU. Like, we get Michael Pena uh, in, a, in the suit against him. And, and it's just, you know, it's the same power set of the villain and the, the hero in the trailer. Right. And I'm just like, I don't know, man. It's, uh, again, it's, it's for kids. Kids are probably going to have a great old time if you've got, you know, this is probably, probably going to be, this is going to be better than, you know, the other kids stuff on Paramount Plus. Like, don't sit your kids down to watch that, uh, you know, uh, Fairly Odd Parents live action bullshit. Like, don't, don't let them watch that. <laughs> uh, watch this instead. I'm sure it'll be much better. But yeah, dude, I, well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I'll probably I'll probably check it out because it is streaming. I think that it's good that they put it on streaming because I think mm-hmm. it encourages more people to just say, "Hey, I'll, I'll watch this." Um, so I, I think that's a that's a plus, Paramount Plus, actually, Ooh. pun intended. Oh, um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that they they are definitely emulating a lot of what's already been done. That's that was a lot of my problems with with Avatar so many years ago. Oh, okay. uh, it's just yeah. exactly exactly what you're you're talking about. James Cameron just took all of these other elements and just mm-hmm. you know put it in a melting pot and just told the same story all over again. And I feel mm-hmm. like yeah, very much you get that from from this trailer about Secret Headquarters. It will be very much something that you've already seen, um, and you know very Spy Kids esque with uh, some stuff that's very directed towards the same audience that would have loved the Home Alone reboot that we, we oh, got no. at the christmas time yeah, yeah i think that to me this to me feels very tonally of the same type of of genre oh i think like, this will be better yeah. than that though i think this will be a little better than that, than that one i wouldn't set people up for that much failure um i i, I think this will be closer tied to to spy kids um and and i'm hoping closer tied to the original spy kids rather than like a spy kids three um i do love michael pena though like I hope yeah. he ends up teaming up with Owen Wilson at the end. It kind of seems like like there was one part of the trailer that did get me when they're both like he comes out of the suit and he's like deep breathing. He's like, yeah, you got the winter suit. He's like, yeah, these things are so hot. And it's like, cool. That's that's kind of funny. That's that's a fun thing to include for for fans of of the MCU who kind of see these unrealistic things of like, do they ever go to the bathroom? Do they you know, do they get hot in the suit? So um, I, I, I'm I'm I dig Michael Pena. Uh, quite a bit so we'll, we'll I, I see. like jesse williams i like jesse williams he's he's uh also known as uh as jackson avery from gray's anatomy he plays a doctor oh. he no longer is on the show yeah uh, but yeah just jesse williams he's got these ice blue eyes um and i think yeah to your point i think he's actually the real villain he's gonna be and the michael penna might yeah. might just be kind of like the uh the deke out who ends up you know realizing that he's doing wrong and is going to yeah. help yeah. Owen yeah. Wilson's character. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Didn't see that one. Yeah, right? And it's funny that they're both in Marvel movies as as, you know, as well. So Yeah, absolutely. You know, they don't they're not they're playing more obscure characters, but like yeah. in the MCU, they're not playing like definitive heroes. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's interesting nonetheless. So hopefully they'll lean into some of that, like you're saying. Maybe maybe they 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 get a little bit more tongue in cheek about it and you know they call it out and like there is that person very much like in in Ghostbusters Afterlife that kid that's just into the superhero movies right. dude do you know what this is like you know what i yeah, mean yeah, yeah. it's just like really is bringing in all that if they do that then that might help because then they're not really trying to be confined into a box about how original it has to be they can 
use the outside in very much like how um, there was the Star Wars jokes in the Adam Project or even the multiversal time travel jokes that they made, which were very tongue in cheek. Right. Or you could you could see them going so far as to being like, like, oh, like, is your dad's suit made of iron or something? You're like, no, that's stupid. It's like a polyamor, you know, some sort of made up technology or something. <laughs> sure. Like, sure, you know, sure. um, they could sure, they could yeah. go that route with it, but. I don't know, man. This this is interesting. I'll let you watch it and, and let me know now that you're a dad. You can you can watch it <laughs> and let me know if it's a good movie to watch with your kids. Um, okay, well, let's get into our next trailer. The Woman King from Gina Prince Bythewood. Uh, this has a slew of, of actresses. Viola Davis, uh, Lashana Lynch, Hero Phineas Tiffin, John Boega, <laughs> Jordan Bulger, uh, Sheila Atom. Jamie Lawson, Shayna West, Adrian Warren, and Tuso Imbedu, uh, and so, so many more. Uh, the Woman King is a historical epic inspired by the true events that happened in the kingdom of Dahomey, uh, one of the most powerful uh, states of Africa in the 18th and 19th century. This is hitting theaters September 16th, 2022, but it's also actually going to be featured at TIFF. Because uh, I think Tiff's actually happening in and around the same time. So mm-hmm. that being said, what did you think of this trailer? It was pretty epic. I Dude. was blown away by it. This looks fantastic. The music. I, yeah. I like, as soon as I saw it, I immediately was like, we need to talk about this. We need to, at some point, uh, check this and out. And I'm, I'm interested, I'm interested in, in, in it other than, you know what, like, again, state the obvious. You can't watch this and not think of the stories that we've already gotten from something like, Black Panther and Wakanda, mm-hmm. and I love that this movie, a hundred percent, takes notice of that and says, "Let's tell a real story that happened in history." Yeah, and and really bring that to life, knowing that now that there is that palette for these kinds of stories, and especially with the success of Black Panther, I think it's very fitting that they come out with this story and how how that 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 can be told, and that, and I bet you any of this history inspired elements within Black Panther. It absolutely did. Yeah, the the Dora Milaje yeah. uh, are straight up based on the Dahomey tribe, uh, the Dahomey Amazons. Um, and so I was doing a bit of research because, yeah, this trailer, you know, made me not think of our real history because <laughs> I'm a dumb right. geek man. Uh, and I, I instantly thought of Black Panther. I thought of the Dora Milaje and... Um. Yeah, man. I think this is this looks so good. Viola Davis is gonna be excellent. I'm excited to see essentially the deadliest warriors who ever lived. The trailer says female warriors specifically, but I'm gonna go with warriors in general because the choreography in this looks absolutely insane. Um. By the end of the, I was researching by the end of the 19th century. Uh, apparently, there were six thousand women. Many of them had begun their training as teens and young girls. Uh, were among the Dahomey military ranks uh, in times of war during the transatlantic slave trade uh, and the fight against French colonialism. Uh, And they were the last line of defense between the enemy and the king, Uh, which I just, you know, we got John Boyega in here uh, as King Gizo, um, who was, according to history, the, the last king. Uh, of uh, so I, I don't think things are gonna <laughs> end very well uh, for him, unfortunately. Um, but uh, I, I'm I'm so intrigued by this. Lashana Lynch, I think, is 
going to be phenomenal, yeah. uh, kind of as this sort of up and coming uh, heroic character who's under the wing of of Naniska, uh, who is Viola Davis's character. And um, yeah, I just think you know what there are documentaries out there on the Dahame Amazons, but most of them were captured and and, and written by white male documenters who I don't think have been able to humanize these women the way that this movie is set to do. And I think that's so, sure. so incredibly important. And obviously yeah. Black Panther showed that us, showed that to us mm-hmm. with fiction. Fictional. And I get that this yeah. is not going to be a documentary down to the T. There's obviously creative right. liberties taken with it because it's still a yeah, there's dramatization. movie. Yeah. Right. But mm-hmm. I still think this is, I'm, I'm so amped for this. I'm so excited for this. And I'm excited to, to be able to say, you know, Wow, this these these are the the this is the original Dora Milaje that actually happened, uh, and we get to to learn about this history yeah. uh, the way that yeah. it uh, actually unfolded. I'm just I don't know, man. I'm stoked. Yeah, for sure. You know, I I totally agree. I I think exactly that we were on the same wavelength. We both were the geeks and thought, whoa, this <laughs> definitely looks like black panther but elevated and once you do the research and you understand that it is of history and that the dormelage was very much inspired as you as you pointed out i think that mm-hmm. just helps give give more essence as to why this movie should come out now and its cast is is stacked you know viola davis Lashana lynch i, I think are, are incredible uh actresses right now that are just that are just paving the way for so many and john boyega as well and then even some of the secondary characters that we've seen uh, I believe uh, Sheila Sheila Atom is mm-hmm. is her name, but she was in uh, uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yes, I she believe, was. Yeah, right as Sarah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that like we've already been introduced to so many of these actresses and other characters. It's going to be really interesting to see them come together. I- I- I'm getting very Northman vibes. Uh, oh, okay. Where it's just it's it's stunning visuals. It's very. It's very real. It's very visceral. And there's going to be a level of intensity that is very similar to the Northmen. And, and I think the trailer very much captures captures that. We'll see how much of it it is. You know, like mm-hmm. we always get into these situations when when there's a lot of intensity or like, oh, there's this movie's going to be really great. But then you realize, oh, well, the trailer just showed already all the best parts of the movie. Um, yeah. I don't think that's the case. This, I think that this this trailer actually stays fairly reserved. It gives you the pieces of information that you need to know to understand the context of the story and, and to get you hooked so that you will go see it without uh, necessarily giving you all the pieces. And it's got a wicked track. Like this trailer picked a very great, like fantastic musical track that just hit well with the visuals. I, I think it was... It was a, a solid piece of, of movie marketing that I was just like, I'm, I can't wait to see this movie. Yeah, if the movie's any, anywhere as good as this trailer was, it'll be a great movie. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let's get on to our next trailer, which is for Wifelike, another film. Uh, this one is written and directed by James Bird. Uh, this movie stars Jonathan Rice Myers and Elena Camporis, uh, Doran Bell, uh, Agma Darish and, and many many more uh, the synopsis goes uh, when artificial human Meredith is assigned as a companion to grieving widower William she is designed to behave like his late wife but in the fight to end AI exploration an organization attempts to sabotage her programming this is going to be available on digital and on demand with Paramount Plus 
as uh, on August 12th and in selected theaters. Uh, this was a weird one. Uh, I, I was <laughs> it was very intriguing. The the look to Meredith um, mm-hmm. is is very um, like she, she looks like silicone. Like, yeah. she just like she looks like plastic. <clears throat> Elena Kampouris, uh, who plays Meredith looks perfectly robotic in this role. And I, I kind of had to like look up this actress and sort of see what does she look like in other movies to kind of understand if this was more just this movie. She does kind of look very similar to the character of she Meredith. She has the features. Um, yeah. yeah, but I think they've done maybe a little bit of FX work on like the eyes, uh, kind of enlarging them a little bit, um, maybe kind of thinning out the neck a little bit and... And different things like that. I, I think they've smoothed out certain spots using effects. And uh, I, I, again, it'll be interesting to see how much of it is her performance versus how much of it are the effects. Um, but she really does look the part. I think the part that just throws me off again, and we talked about this just a moment ago with uh, with the with the with the secret headquarters trailer, uh, was just the aspect of like this looks like so many More of the movies. Same. That we've yeah, just more of the same. Yeah, I know. Like just yeah. these themes of AI and artificial right. intelligence, like gaining sentience and freedom. Better, you know. I think there's better versions of this, like um, Ex Machina uh, in video so games. Good. Detroit Become yeah. Human, or what I was just watching earlier tonight, Westworld. Right. Like I think all of these have given us original stories centered around these themes. So I just don't know. I don't know if the writing here is going to do anything new unless and Justin tell me if you if you kind of got this as well. I maybe she's still she is still his wife. Maybe she didn't pass. Maybe she's actually a human and and they found a way to almost uh, turn humans into robots like she's not actually made of machine parts. Um she's just a subservient version of his wife. Uh, that could be, and like that's the twist or something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to give Maybe it more it, than I think this, it actually is. Sure, I definitely don't think you're wrong to assume that there's going to be a twist. There's going to yeah, be some twist. sort of a twist, right? Because I, I think you've you've already said everything that I was thinking as well. There's mm-hmm. so many other mo- movies and and shows that have done this better, especially Westworld. I didn't even think of Westworld, but you're obviously yeah. watching it right now, so mm-hmm. it's hard not to think of that. But Ex Machina, that's the first thing i thought about when i saw this trailer and i was like this has already been done and it was done so well yeah. i don't know if 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 anything can really you're not wrong to assume that there's some thriller murder mystery something that's going on as well amidst this whole uh you know robot wife uh that is is yeah. very much maybe they'll thing. take it in I, the direction of like terminator and she'll end up just killing that guy at the end or something you know like i could like see it. them yeah going yeah. that route i i hope so i don't know I just don't know what I just don't based off this trailer. I really yeah, don't know too typical. what they right. can do. Yeah, we'll have to. I, I mean, know. I, I'm, we'll see. I'll probably just keep watching Westworld. <clears throat> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, all right. Well, that's it for trailer time. We we got through all four of those trailers. Uh, before we wrap this show, as always, I'd love to close out with a little whatcha. What you been up to, Nate? Anything you've been watching? Uh, enjoying movies of tiny things and <laughs> wearing shoes? And yeah, stuff, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, at the top <laughs> of the show, uh, I mentioned that I, you know, I've finally been able to to hang out with friends outside of work, and and you know, I've I've recently you know started working in a new new location, um, and I you know finally I've gotten to do the social group thing, going out to a movie, getting tacos 
getting ice cream by the waterfront late at night, like just a, a freaking fantastic time. But I will say Marcel the Shell with shoes on. I'm telling you right now, if you haven't listened to a single word that we've said this entire time, <laughs> first of all, try to listen to it. But second of all, um, go see Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Go support this movie. It's so incredibly delightful. A24, Elevation Pictures, and Dean Fleischer Camp have crafted a movie that honestly has deeply connected with myself and, and anyone who's ever uh, gone through loss um, of, of many different kinds. Not just the death of a loved one, but even just maybe losing touch with someone. Um, and it's it's just, it's so beautiful. It's so heartfelt. It's a, it's a warm hug, um, but you got to bring the tissue box, I think. And I, I'm going to go so far out on a limb and say that it's it's my favorite use. And you won't know until you've seen the movie. This won't spoil anything. But it's my favorite use of bookending since Lost. It's my favorite use of bookending since, since Lost. Lost. That is correct. My favorite use of bookending in terms of if you don't know what bookending is, the thing happened at the beginning that happens at the end. It's my favorite use of that concept since Lost. It's absolutely beautiful. It sticks with you, and I'm I can't wait to see it again. Honestly, I, I really do. Um, both uh, Jenny Slate um, and Isabella Rossellini, who is absolutely so charming in this movie, um, dude, just watch it. Just go watch it. Have a lovely time, but be prepared to cry because I think I I might have ugly cried like at least three times in the movie. <laughs> Wow. Ugly yeah. cried. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's that's interesting. Yeah, I am I am so stoked to see this movie and I am so happy that it has been getting all of the love and recognition for being what the trailer very much set up for, a very emotional self-discovery story that is very tangible for for all audiences and I think a great way for children. The way that they're getting it out, uh, it is building based on word of mouth. And that is very much what propelled everything everywhere all at once. I honestly believe that between Marcel, the shell with shoes on and everything everywhere all at once, we have two heavy hitters for, for best picture. I think the, you will see both of those movies in the best picture category. It, I'm hoping for 10, of course, but <laughs> I'm hoping for Ted, but it'd be interesting to think. What do you think? Do you think it'll go more? Do you think it would actually show up as like best documentary or best animation or both? <laughs> like, could that's it do an both? intriguing, that's an intriguing idea. I don't think it'll show up in the best documentary category, even though it, it very much, I could, I, I don't know. Um, but I, it definitely needs to be winning some awards. Um, I'm also excited that it's going to be on HBO max. Um, Recently, I think uh, just as of a few hours ago, it was uh, uh, published that, um, yeah, they are adding all of the A24 films to HBO Max. I hope that means Crave in Canada um, so that we can we can enjoy all that's, those movies that's the thing. there. Yeah. I, I, you know, that would be really nice. But yeah, man, it definitely deserves a ton of awards. Um, honestly, it's just it's just again, it's, it's a movie that I can't stop thinking about and it, I don't. You mentioned it. Maybe it would be good for kids. Uh, it's it's not that it's bad for kids. I don't know if kids would necessarily sit through some of the quieter moments as much. Um, I don't know how much it would connect with young young children. Uh, but I think you know. Your, how young your are ages... you thinking? I'm thinking like if I'm thinking f maybe like six and up. 
right? Like six yeah. to like you know, especially like ten. Like I, I think, think that they I could think throw. maybe thir- I think maybe thirteen and higher, maybe uh, is, is who I would suggest this movie to, or maybe twelve, but. Um, I don't know. I'm so out of touch with kids. They're all having ragers, apparently, at the ages of six. Yeah, so exactly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think at, even at, at, at that age, you know, when we think back to movies that we watched when we were younger and then we would watch later, there are things that we didn't catch when we were younger that we then caught, caught when we were much older because we understood things right. differently. And I think that's very much how Marcel Deschel with Shoes On will work. It, you know, I think you can probably introduce that I don't know. I have to see the movie to get a better sense of it. I am talking mm-hmm. about a movie that I really want to see rather than the movie that I've already seen. But for my whatcha, um, well, at the top of the show, I mentioned uh, you had beautiful thighs and a nimble tongue. And yes. that, is, uh, that is a quote from The After Party, uh, the Apple oh, yeah. Plus series. Uh, that's from the high school episode uh, when... Uh, I believe it's Jasper telling Anique to get over to the St. Patrick's Day party. He says, just bring those beautiful thighs and that nimble tongue over yeah. to this house party. And I was like, that is going to be my quote for Nate. Uh, the, the show is great. The yeah, show man. is fantastic. Um, I, I like the 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 murder mystery, but also parody of, of movie styles. I think the next one I'm about to watch is animated. Uh, or or has animated components. I think it's mm-hmm. Zoe's story. Yep. Um, so I'm excited to get into it. I don't have that many more episodes to go through. I think I have like three, and then I'm done. And they're really like they they're very snappy. Uh, it it's very much like it has scale uh, for the series. Uh, Chris Miller and and Fuller can really do no wrong. They've they've done some fantastic work in their in their career. Um, all 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 very very impactful in terms of the styles and the, of comedy and very much they've already established that they love playing with the idea of being meta and mixing genres and, and what, yeah. you know, a fan well, and, of that. Yeah, man, it's it for movie fans. This is a murder mystery comedy for movie fans because it absolutely does. Right. Every episode's a different movie genre. I think my, my favorite has to be the, the sort of the fast and the furious style um, <laughs> one I yeah, think is gone in sixty two? seconds style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, I think it's episode three, okay, or maybe yes. it is episode two. You're right. It yeah. is episode two. You're episode yeah. two. It is is and and I I enjoyed that one. I thought it was pretty funny. It is also really great to see the difference in the stories based on who's telling, who's telling it. it. And yeah. That, right, because that that also shapes shapes how how we discover things. Um, but yeah, like especially given that. I'm a huge fan of Only Martyrs in the building. Um, I, I feel like this is definitely different. It's playing fast and loose with the comedy and the, how it mixes together. And, and yeah. the murder mystery is definitely the tension that keeps it all grounded. But when they're doing all the other stuff, it is very inside the minds of of, of the storytellers, if you will. Whereas obviously, you know, Only Murders is, is doing their own thing and focusing on a niche with the podcast idea and, and how they're they're wrapping themselves around. It's just very interesting that we are in the midst of a lot of murder mystery shows and everyone's approaching it differently. And yeah, I'm glad I watched, I've started watching After Party because it really does show the difference the difference that it has over something like only murders in the building, which, you know, to me is, is, is one of the, my favorite shows. And yeah, Yeah, I feel like only murders, especially this second season, um, has, 
has given us those dramatic moments, those moments where I've literally I have teared up, um, you know, with with some of the performances there. And that's not that's not the case for After Party. After Party is just a giggle fest. It's just a lot of laughs, even in some of the slightly more dramatic or romantic moments. You're you're along for the ride. It's it's a lighter it's a lighter version of a murder mystery. But um, yeah, man, it's it's uh, renewed for a season two. So I can't wait to see how they they sort of do like a knives out approach. Maybe Tiffany Haddish comes, but it's a completely different I think group, she's, right? Is that I, kind I, of the three I, point? Yeah, I I honestly believe that that has to be the case, and, yeah. and quite literally the case. Yeah, um, but <laughs> but it would be interesting too because if she is in the same vicinity, and maybe you do get some like outside characters kind of coming over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're they're definitely not going to be able to do it the way they've set up this one. They're like locked down. Yeah, in, in so the situation has to kind of expand a little bit and, mm-hmm. and and feel a little different. So so then that way they can they can create something new. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. I think it's it has its own vibe. It's it's a lot of fun, um, and it feels very much a, like a a Chris Miller and Phil Lord production, 100. percent So very cool. Uh, but that is it. We hope you enjoyed this week in geek. And if you did, make sure you subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on this week's news or any of the content we cover, well, you can reach out to us by email at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com or on Twitter at geekcentricyt or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest shows and movies out now, including including our recent spoiler-free and spoiler-filled review for Thor Love and Thunder, our spoiler discussion for Stranger Things 4, and our spoiler-free review for, well, we were talking about it, Only Murders in the Building Season 2, Episodes 1 to 6. Um, And this week we will have a review for The Gray Man. Um, And maybe, nope, maybe, maybe, Yeah, we'll see. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll, we'll see if we can shot. squeeze it in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll see if we can get it Love in there. To. Um, we also uh, have completed uh, another Watch Club. Actually, two if you count Obi Wan. But we just mm-hmm. wrapped uh, Marvel Studios Ms. Marvel. All six episodes are out now for you to enjoy. With our finale, where we talk about all things. Well, just go there. It's It's got some spoilers in it for you. So, <laughs> um, Also, we have a ton of interviews, like our interview with director Angus McLean, producer Galen Sussman, and composer Michael Giacchino from Disney and Pixar's Lightyear, as well as our interview with directors Adil and Bilal, who directed episodes one and six of Ms. Marvel. And most recently, my interview with Obi-Wan Kenobi, director Deborah Chow, and Anakin Skywalker himself, Hayden Christensen. Plus, we actually got some more interviews on the way, uh, and we got... New watch clubs on the way oh, yeah. with She-Hulk and Andor closing in fast on the end of August. And lastly, we uh, have our weekly episodes like this one called This Week in Geek, where we share our thoughts on the latest news and trailers uh, every single Wednesday. However, this weekend is San Diego Comic-Con, which means we expect some big news to be dropping over the weekend oh, yeah. related to all things geeky. Uh, so stay tuned for some special weekend coverage of the con as we share our thoughts on all the latest news and trailers ahead of next week, this week in geek. That'll actually be our this week in geek. Those mm-hmm. those episodes. So get them early. Uh, we'll we'll you'll get them early. You'll be getting them early. But until then, Nate, thank you so much for joining me for this week in geek. And as we say, my nimble thighs love ya. <laughs> Peace. Peace.